It is good to be with you once more here at Christ Church Cathedral. This morning I want to share from the idea, how long must they wait? How long must they wait? In the Gospel reading today, we hear several blessings or promises, as it were, for individuals who are living in the earth and may be dealing with some sort of need or difficulty or challenge. And as those needs are described in the Gospel reading, there is this promise, this assurance of resolution for them. I often think of Langston Hughes's words in his poem, Dream Deferred. It reads as follows, what happens to a dream deferred? Does it dry up like a raisin in the sun? Or fester like a sore and then run? Does it stink like rotten meat or crust and sugar over like a syrupy sweet? Maybe it just sags like a heavy load. Or does it explode? Hughes's words remind me of text out of Proverbs 13 at verse 12. It simply says, hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a dream fulfilled is a tree of life. I don't know if you can relate to the idea of having a dream deferred or hope deferred, but in high school I wanted a car really, really badly. And almost like a three or four year old, at every Christmas, I would wake up and I would go to the front door and I would open it before anyone saw me and I would look out into the driveway to see if my car was there. Unfortunately, I still live with a trauma of it not ever being there. <laughs> And it's that hope deferred that though in, in this childlike way we might be able to resonate with and to understand, it is, I believe, that same hope deferred that many people in our country live with each and every day. They hear us talk about our God, and the ways wherein our God has solutions and resolutions for the challenges and the difficulties that they face in life. That if they just believe in the God that we believe in, then eventually all of their issues and concerns will be resolved. Luke here talks about a couple. He says, blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. He says, blessed are you who are hungry now, for you will be filled. Unfortunately, in way too many situations and times, folks who are hungry never find that fillingness. Folks who are poor never seem to lay hold of this kingdom of God that we speak of and that our biblical text speaks of. There are times where I wonder, why? I think we're often quick to blame them, that if they simply had more faith, then surely God would show up in their situation. But I think there is perhaps a different reason that we should consider amongst ourselves today. I'm reminded of Jim Hume, and 
uh, Heim, rather, I'm sorry, and you, you may be familiar or not familiar with Jim Heim. He is a U.S. congressman from the state of Connecticut. In the aftermath of the most recent massacre in Uvalde, Texas, Jim Heim refused to participate in the moment of silence on the floor of the U.S. Congress. He was criticized, and folks wanted to understand why it was that he refused to engage and participate in this act of remembering and commemorating those who had lost their lives to senseless gun violence. Representative Heim's response was simply, as a member of the U.S. Congress, it is absolutely neglectful for us to stand and have a moment of silence when we have the ability and the responsibility to change the conditions that cause this massacre to take place. What he was saying is that we can be comfortable doing performative acts of righteousness to cleanse our dirty hands from the things that we have failed and refused to do that God has called and created and permits us to do. And I think that the reason why there are the poor among us who never see the kingdom of God and there are those who are weeping who will never experience laughter is because in the same way that the U.S. Congress would wash their hands through righteous actions that are really not righteous at all, we look to these verses and we say things like, well, in the sweet by and by, all of their problems will cease to exist. Once they cross over from this land to that precious promised land, then there will be no more hunger, there will be no more tears, and we can all rejoice together. And I appreciate the sense of looking forward into the places where we want to go as believers in God, but I am extremely concerned about the conditions that folks are living in in this land. Oh, the by and by is important, and I hope to see each and every one of you on that side. But I'm also concerned about you being able to have a just existence while you're here in the earth today. Oh, I'm concerned that as you're weeping through life's torments and challenges that you find some way to have some sense of joy. I hope that in the times when you are hungry that someone reaches out and lends you some food that you might be Nourish. I think that we are just as guilty on times as the, as the Congress is when we think about ourselves as a Christian body. How long must they wait? Perhaps a better question than how long must they wait is how long will we allow them to wait? How long will we delay our action? How long will we be inactive in those things that God has called us to do? How long will we refuse to lift our hands toward the causes of God's righteousness here in the earth? How long will they have to wait? Is bound up in how long we refuse to be that which God has called and created us to be. I think about this day being All Saints Day, and we come to think about and commemorate those folks who have lived lives and left legacies of change in the world. And while I believe that many of them, their, their, their change and their legacy was fueled by their prayer life. I believe their change and their legacy was fueled by their fasting life, by the spiritual disciplines that they engaged in while they were here on the earth. Understand that it's not their prayer life that we celebrate today. No, it's not their spiritual disciplines and routines that we celebrate. It is that they acted and they created change in the earth. It's Absalom Jones. Mother Teresa, Dr. King, 
We can go on and on and on through all of the names of those folks that we remember on a day like today, and it's not their spiritual practice alone that we celebrate. It is that they were moved by their practice. They were moved by their understanding of their God to go and to do something to create change in the world around them. It's a special day here for your faith community. I'm discerning. I'm a quick study. I learn as I go. There are these bookends that you are celebrating today. On the one end, you're celebrating those who have lived faithful lives and who have been world changers, who have made an impact because they have been fueled by their faith. And on the other end, today you come to celebrate new life. You come to celebrate the, the commitment of lives that should be devoted to the same God that you serve and that those saints serve. And then there's this liminal space in the middle, and that's where the rest of us reside today. Oh, if you're not dead and if you're not being baptized today, you are in this middle space, this space where you today have the agency to act and to create change. I think Luke gives us here in the 31st verse the key to all of this. I have to figure out where it is on my page. <laughs> he simply says, do to others as you would have them do to you. It's a call to action. And I don't think it's a, an accident that that sort of is the end of this pericope that begins with these notions of the blessing that others would experience. Some kind of way their blessing is dependent upon me acting and treating them in the way that I desire to be treated. So today as we celebrate those who have been those who we come to consecrate and that we hope will be. Today, as we celebrate them and their lives, I think we also have to stop and reflect on who am I and how am I be? Am I making a difference? So again, instead of the question, how long must they wait? I pose to you the question, how long will you wait? Thanks be to God.